Uh, we have Dr. Jennifer Stein, who's an assistant professor of dermatology at NYU School of Medicine and is the associate director of the pigmented lesion section. She specializes in caring for patients at high risk for melanoma using dermoscopy, photography, and serial digital imaging of pigmented lesions to identify early melanomas and reduce unnecessary biopsies. So please help me welcome Dr. Stein. Thanks so much, and thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, so I'm going to be talking about a simple, practical approach to use dermoscopy, and I think it's helpful for both the novice dermoscopists and people who have some experience with dermoscopy as well. And it's the kind of thing you can incorporate into your everyday practice to help you distinguish between benign and malignant lesions. So by way of disclosure, I do get paid by NYU and MoleSafe at NYU to use dermoscopy to diagnose patients, but hopefully after my lecture, I'll convince some of you to incorporate it into your practices as well. So this is dermoscopy being demonstrated by the person who taught me dermoscopy, which is Dr. Al Kopf. And you see it's real easy to use. Um, he's also the source of some of the images I'm going to show you today. It's great because it's non-invasive. Patients really like it. They feel like they're getting an extra special look at their moles. Um, and it lets you visualize subsurface structures of the skin that you can't otherwise see with the naked eye to help you diagnose melanoma. It increases your diagnostic accuracy and reduces unnecessary biopsies. And I think the way to think of dermoscopy is it's just an extra piece of information. It's an additional tool to give you more information about the lesion you're looking at to help you make the right clinical decision for your patient. So it's important to think of it as just a piece of a good clinical exam. It adds more information, but it doesn't replace your better clinical judgment about a lesion. It's particu particularly helpful a patient like this, who's our typical patient in our pigmented lesion clinic, who's got just so many moles and lots of atypical moles, where everyone you look at looks stranger than the next, and you just want to biopsy everything. You really need an extra tool to help you distinguish between which lesions are okay and which ones actually need that biopsy. So this slide shows you how dermoscopy can help you detect features of melanoma that you can't otherwise see with the naked eye. So here on the left, we're looking at a clinically suspicious lesion, and then on the right, we're looking at that same lesion under dermoscopy, and right away you see there's particular structures that just jump right out at you that you can't otherwise see here on the left. Right, so here are these brown streaks sticking off to the side, this kind of blue-white haziness over here. We're gonna go over what those are, but that just tells you there's too many structures structures here, too many different things going on in a chaotic fashion, and this is definitely a melanoma and this needs to be biopsied. So on the flip side, dermoscopy lets you reduce unnecessary biopsies. So we're looking again at a clinically suspicious lesion, but now on the right again is its dermoscopic image of that same lesion, there's just one structure here, and that's called a pigment network. It looks like a spider web. There's really nothing else to this, just pigment network. It's a nice, benign, easy to learn pattern. So unless the patient gives you another reason to worry about that lesion, this one doesn't need a biopsy. So the way dermoscopy works is by looking at the skin under a dermoscope, you're changing the optics of the skin such that less light gets reflected off that shiny stratum corneum. The light penetrates deeper into the skin and you're essentially extracting more information out of the skin. And it lets you recognize particular diagnostic patterns that you can't otherwise see with the naked eye that we're gonna talk about today to help you diagnose melanoma. So there's two types of dermoscope. So one is this contact dermoscope and the other ones are the polarized dermoscope. So the way contact dermoscopy works is you have this handheld instrument and there's a glass plate on the bottom and it requires some kind of liquid interface. So either oil or usually we use alcohol. So you put alcohol on the skin or on the scope and you touch it to the skin and you're actually pressing against the skin and that gives you a dermoscopic image. By pressing against the skin you do blanch out some of the vessels so you lose some information that's sometimes helpful but it's really a bright light. It's very good for dark lesions and hyperkeratotic lesions are great to look at with the contact dermoscope. The polarized dermoscopes are nice because they don't require any liquids. So you just can put it in your pocket and grab it out of your pocket and look at lots of things very quickly. And by not touching the skin, you can still visualize the vessels nicely. It's not quite as good for the really dark lesions. So the way I use this in my practice is I have a polarized dermoscope in my pocket, so I use that all the time. Then when I get to a lesion where I'm not so sure, it's really dark, then I bring out the contact dermoscope. 
And I think for a beginner, the polarized one is nice because it does fit in your pocket. And as you're starting to use it, you can just get into the habit of looking at lots of lesions. If nothing else, it's a good lighted magnifier and they have a little ruler on it. So that'll get you into the habit of using it before you even really know what you're looking at. Now, if you decide to use dermoscopy when you're still a real beginner, right in the beginning, the dermoscopy actually can kind of give you a disadvantage for making clinical diagnosis. So there's a lag time until you get good at it. But if you invest some time, you can get very good. And so this picture comes from a study that was done from at NYU and published a year ago, where they looked at the benign to malignant ratio of lesions that were being biopsied. So that means how many benign lesions were being biopsied compared to the malignant ones. So an expert is going to have a really low ratio because they're going to biopsy mostly the malignant lesions that you want to take off the patient. So on the bottom here in red, this is the benign to malignant ratio of one of my colleagues who is a pigment lesion expert. You see it's nice and low. And on the top is this is uh, the ratio of one of our colleagues who's a contact dermatitis specialist. But in 2005, he decided to incorporate dermoscopy into his practice. You see there's a little bit of a lag time, but then within about two years, his ratio drops down and gets really close to that of a pigmented lesion expert. So I show this as an encouragement that if you stick with it and you practice and learn, you too can get very good at dermoscopy. Okay, let's talk now about how do you go about making dermoscopic diagnoses. So this is an outline of what we're going to talk about today. First, we'll talk about melanocytic patterns, the benign and malignant. Then we do three high-yield specific non-melanocytic patterns. And we'll finish off by talking about how do you do dermoscopy on special sites such as the face and acral areas. Okay, so what I recommend is using really a pattern recognition system, because this is what we do all day, especially in dermatology. You look at something, and when your brain is trained to recognize it, you're recognizing particular patterns. You're not going through and checking off things from an algorithm. So when you look at an elephant, you don't have a list and say, does it have tusks and trunks, and is it gray? Are those four legs or three legs? Because if it's three legs, it's not an elephant. No, you looked at this, enough pictures of an elephant when you were a kid that you instantly can recognize this as an elephant. And the same is true for melanomas. If you can look at enough melanomas, you can train your eye and your brain to instantly pick out the key features so that you know you're looking at a melanoma, because it looks like a melanoma. And the same is true for the benign lesions. And that's what we can train ourselves to do every day is by looking at lots of benign lesions, you can get comfortable with those particular benign patterns. You can separate them out from the malignant ones. Okay, so there is a basic two-step dermoscopy algorithm. The first, you start with your lesion of concern. Your first step is to say, is this melanocytic or is it non-melanocytic? If you think it's melanocytic, then you have to decide, is it malignant or is it benign? Now, if you're not sure, you don't know if it's melanocytic or non-melanocytic, you don't know what you're looking at, especially for the beginner, you really have to assume the worst case scenario that it might be something malignant and go ahead and biopsy. So let's start by talking about how do you decide if a lesion is melanocytic, if it's a mole or melanoma in that category. Okay, so there's three things to look for to tell you if it's a, a lesion is melanocytic, and that's network. So this is this pigment network. It looks like a spider web here. Globules, which are these circles and structuralist areas, which is just a big blotch. So we're going to take them one by one. If you see any of these three, think melanocytic. Okay, so first is the pigment network, or it's also called a reticular pattern. See, it looks like a web of pigment. And you see this in any kind of melanocytic lesion that has a junctional component. So we have nests of melanocytes, nests of neva cells that are here on the ridgy ridges, right? So, and the ridgy ridges are going up and down and up and down. So imagine your eye is looking straight down this long, dark column of melanocytes. That's going to look dark. But this part here, just a few melanocytes, that's going to look light. And this is going to look dark, light, dark light, dark light. So that alternating dark light is why you see this pattern here. Okay, so if you see network, think melanocytic. Okay, so the next structure to look for are globules. And these are just circular structures. And that's because you have nests of melanocytes in the dermis. When you see that, think it's some kind of intradermal nevus or something melanocytic with a dermal component. And when they're little, they're called dots. When they're big, they're called cobblestoning pattern when they're smushed together like this. But globules are circles. If you see those, also think melanocytic.
And then the third thing to look out for are structuralist areas. And these are any kind of large area that doesn't have network or globules or something else to it. It could be any color. This is a blue nevus here. It's just this homogeneous blue blotch. Nothing else to it. And, and it can represent a variety of things. But if you see a structuralist area, also think melanocytic. So if you see network, globules, or structuralist area, think melanocytic. And your next step is to decide if it's benign or malignant based on the overall pattern. So now we're going to talk about patterns. How do you put together structures into some common benign patterns? If you can learn those, you can really save yourself some unnecessary biopsies. And if you can learn some distinctive malignant patterns, you can catch early melanomas. Okay, so now we're up to the part of the algorithm where you decided it's melanocytic, and then you have to decide if it's benign. So we'll talk now about some benign patterns. And so these are cartoons that demonstrate nine simple benign patterns. And what do they have in common? They're just ways of putting together network, globules, and structuralist areas into very symmetric, orderly patterns that you can learn, right? And so those include this diffuse reticular pattern, all network, patches of network, network around the edge in a symmetric fashion with a light center, with a dark center, with globules in the center, all globules, little rim of peripheral globules around the edge, nice and symmetric, all homogeneous. The last one, this one is really more for an expert, just the idea that you can take those structures and put them together in some kind of symmetric, orderly fashion, and that can also be benign. So they, what they all have in common is that they're all symmetric, orderly arrangements of network globules and structuralist areas. Maybe saying, I don't want to learn nine different things. That's too overwhelming. So what I think is good for a beginner is just pick two. You know, pick, say, the first two. Get really comfortable with those. And as you get better, learn one by one. Gradually incorporate them one by one into your recognition system of things you feel comfortable calling benign. So we're going to go over them now one by one. OK, here's that suspicious lesion clinically. Here it is under dermoscopy. All we see here, think what structure do you see here? It's just network. Nothing else to this. So unless the patient gives you another reason to worry about it, this is a nice benign pattern. Let's look at the next, and there's the benign pattern. Okay, let's look at this lesion. It's got a little bit of an irregular border. It's large, more than one color to it. But on dermoscopy, we also see network. But now it's not network going all the way through, but rather just patches of network. See, there's little patches all over the place, but symmetrically distributed. So a nice, benign, patchy network, this is patterns called. How about this lesion? It's got a dark edge and a light center. Clinically, a lot of times you see these on the head of a kid, and the parents are so worried about it because they're big and they have more than one color. You look at it under dermoscopy, and this is another nice pattern. Around the edge, we see network. And in the center, we see this is just a lighter center. Peripheral network, light center. This next one's just the flip of the last one. It's just got a dark center and a light edge. And that's just network around the edge with a dark center. Another easy to remember pattern, just the reverse of the last one. How about this lesion? It's kind of speckly looking, more than one color, a little bit of an irregular border. We look under dermoscopy, just one structure. What structure do we see? Think for a second. This is just globules. Nothing else to it, just globules. It's a congenital nevus, so it's got large globules, but that's fine. Nothing else to worry about this. How about this one? Certainly kind of irregular looking. It's got this darker, speckly center, an irregular edge. It's large, you can see from the ruler. But when we look under dermoscopy, it's a nice example of another benign pattern. It's just network around the edge, globules in the center. Network around the edge, globules in the center. So you can put together network and globules. You do it in an easy to recognize, benign, symmetric, orderly pattern, and you're okay. How about this guy? Here's your clinical. Here's their dermoscopy. And now we see the globules are actually around the edge. And so when this one is this little rim of peripheral symmetric globules. This pattern you have to put into the right clinical context, which you have to do in general in dermoscopy, but especially for this one. Because when you see globules going around the edge of a lesion, it's a sign that this is a lesion that's actually growing. So within the right clinical context, you put this on the arm of a 17-year-old girl where you expect them clinically to be getting new moles that are going to slowly grow, that's fine. Put this on the back of an 85-year-old man, that's a different story. So within the right clinical context, this is another benign pattern. How about this guy? This is the kind of thing a, a patient's going to be worried about because it's blue and it's raised. But you look under dermoscopy, and all there is to it, it's just a blue blotch, just a homogeneous blue pattern. That's it. 
and that's just a blue nevus, another benign pattern. So here they are again. We talked about diffuse reticular, patchy reticular, network around the edge with a light center, with a dark center, with globules in the center, the all globules, the little rim of globules around the edge in the right clinical context, young patient, new mole, where you expect it to be growing, that's okay, and then the all homogenous pattern. And then for the experts, the idea that you can take network globules and structuralist areas and put it together as long as you do it in a symmetric, orderly fashion, you're okay. So for the beginners, start with a couple, get good, gradually incorporate more one by one into what you can recognize as benign. Now, it's not like there's nine malignant specific patterns in the same way we talked about the specific benign patterns, but these cartoons just illustrate ways you can take those patterns and then throw them off with something worrisome, usually something kind of focal, right? So you had, say, something that looked like it was diffuse network, but around the edge, one darker bit or one patch that's much darker or a different color or a blue blotch off to the side or a dark black thing off to the side or some funny globules in one corner or streaks, these lines coming out of one edge, or just too many different structures, too many different patterns going on, or anything that you don't feel comfortable is recognizing as one of the benign patterns you know and feel comfortable with that you're gonna be worried about. Okay, so things that should catch your eye in a melanocytic lesion is anything that's focal and peripherally different than what's going on in the rest of the lesion. Or the color blue-gray, if it's kind of focal or eccentrically placed, that's something to worry about as well. And we're gonna look at some examples. So now we're up to the part, we decided that the lesion was melanocytic, and what are some things to look for to tell you that you're looking at a melanoma, malignant lesion? So here's some basic vocabulary words for things to watch out for. First are streaks, and they are over here where you see the arrow, these lines that are sticking out of the side of a lesion. And that is a bad, worrisome sign, because it's a sign that the melanoma is growing off in that direction, that's worrisome. Next is a blue-white veil. See this blue, hazy, white, blue area over here? And that on a portion of the lesion. And that's worrisome. It represents heavily pigmented cells deep in the dermis, giving it that blue color. And that's a bad sign for a melanoma. The next one is peppering. Looks like little bits of pepper over here, like sprinkles of pepper, blue, gray, black dots off to the side of a structureless area. That's worrisome, and it represents regression, which is a very bad thing in a melanoma. It's a little subjective, but if you think you see it, go ahead and biopsy. Okay, so if you see any of those, that's reason to worry. Now we're just gonna look at a bunch of pictures of melanomas just to kind of get your eye going for what to look for in the dermoscopy. So this lesion is clinically suspicious because it has this darker edge over here, and under dermoscopy, it becomes all the more obvious. So first step, is it melanocytic? Yes, because over here we see network, so you know you're melanocytic. Second step, is it benign or malignant? This is not one of our benign patterns because it's not like the network is symmetric across the whole thing or patchy or coming around the edge, because what's this going on over here? Much darker, totally different, off to one side, that's worrisome, and it's a melanoma, 0.75 millimeters. How about this lesion? Same idea again, that darker edge is worrisome, there it is a little bigger, and under dermoscopy, first step, is it melanocytic? Yes, because we see network over here. Second step, is it benign? No, this is not one of your benign patterns. Over here, um, we started calling this the mushroom cloud melanoma because it's like it's exploding off in one side, and that's a bad thing. You see those streaks up here, these lines coming off to the side, very worrisome. And this is a melanoma in situ. Watch out for thicker, darker area, peripheral areas and asymmetric streaks. How about this lesion? It's kind of clinically worrisome, and here it is a little larger, and under dermoscopy we see some hints of network. In melanomas, you lose the good network because it becomes much more chaotic, and this dark blotch off to the side, a little bit of a blue-white hazy area here, very worrisome, and it's a point six millimeter melanoma. How about this lesion? On first glance, you might think it's a seborrhea keratosis. Here it is a little bigger, getting more worrisome. And here it is under dermoscopy. You see one half is totally different from the other half. And this guy's got some streaks coming out of it, a little bit of a blue-white haze here, and that's worrisome, and it's a 0.9 millimeter melanoma. How about this lesion, kind of murky looking clinically? Here it is a little bigger, and under dermoscopy, some hints of network, but this is not one of the benign patterns, right? So that blue I find worrisome when you see a little hazy blue on one area, one half totally different from the other side, not a benign pattern, and it's a melanoma, 0.5 millimeters. 
How about this lesion clinically? And here under dermoscopy, we see there's some decent network to it, right? Over here is some nice network over here. But then we see this color blue that's just seeping in between the rest of it, and that's definitely worrisome. Um, and that's a melanoma. Okay, how about this one? Clinically, I think this is an important tip. The color pink and brown combined in a lesion should really catch your eye and often is very worrisome, and that really plays out for this lesion. Under dermoscopy, we see some pigment network over here, a little hints of it, but then this funny blue over here, this one dark bit here, one dark bit over there, not symmetric, and it's a 0.6 millimeter melanoma. Now, some of these images you're going to look at and say, okay, I didn't need the dermoscope to tell me this is a melanoma. But I think it's a good way on some of the obvious cases to really see the features under dermoscopy. The better you get, then, you, then it's easier to pick them up when they're very subtle. So here's a clinical lesion, obviously worrisome. And here under dermoscopy, this network, but only on one corner, very dark, this funny blue square. There's no word for a funny blue square. If you can't think of a word to describe what you're seeing, that's a reason to worry about it. And we have some, a nice example of peppering, these little gray dots off to the side of a structureless area. Really chaotic and disordered, and it's a 0.47 millimeter melanoma. Okay, so just summing up some things to watch out for is the word focal is important. Something just on one corner that's different from the rest of the lesion is worrisome. Okay, now we're gonna do some cases. We're gonna mix up the benign and the malignant just to practice some of what we talked about. Okay, so here's our clinical image. And here's under dermoscopy. And what structure do we see here? It's just lots and lots and lots of globules. Nothing else to it. It's a nice benign congenital nevus, and that's a nice pattern. You don't have to worry about that. How about this lesion? It looks like it has a little hat sticking out of it. But under dermoscopy, all we see to it is right around the edge, we see network, and in the center, a little darker area, so it's just peripheral network, central hyperpigmented, nothing else to it, a nice benign lesion. How about this lesion? Certainly large, and here it is under dermoscopy, and there are some areas of network here and here, but there's this weird blob in the side that's kind of like extruding off in one area, and this is not symmetric, it's not one of your benign patterns, and it's a melanoma in situ. Okay, how about this lesion? Certainly looks a little irregular clinically, but when we look at it under dermoscopy, you can feel very reassured because you know right away that we see network coming all the way around the edge with a little light center. It's just peripheral network, central hypopigmented, right? We see these, sometimes people call these fried egg moles because the center of it is light and puffy and sticking up and kind of, and then has this darker area around the edge, right? It's just a compound dysplastic nevus, a nice benign lesion. How about this lesion? Clinically worrisome. It's got a darker corner to it. And here on dermoscopy, it becomes all the more obvious, right? This one darker area, this whole bottom's fallen out of the situation, and it's just not symmetric or orderly, and it's a melanoma in situ. How about this one? Here it is clinically. Here it is a little larger. And on dermoscopy, we see some network here. But again, this is almost another mushroom cloud, right? It's exploding in one area. There's some globules here, but it has nothing to do with what's going on over here. Very disordered, not a benign pattern, and it's a melanoma in situ. OK, let's look at this lesion here. It's got kind of an irregular border to it. Here it is under dermoscopy. It's just pigment network, okay? Nothing else to this lesion. Now you see wherever there's hair follicles kind of interrupts the pattern, and that's normal. So around hair follicles, usually you get either a lighter area or a darker area. And so a lot of times when you look at a mole that looks like it has a little bite taken out of it, and you get down with your dermoscope, you can say, oh, well, there's really just a hair follicle, and that's why it has that irregular edge. So sometimes, see, like over here, that can explain that. Okay, let's look at this lesion clinically. A little worrisome. Here it is bigger. And here on dermoscopy, we see some nice areas of network, but this whole section here is just sort of missing, and this one corner is much darker. So this is not a benign pattern. It's a melanoma. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the non-melanocytic diagnoses. So unlike with melanocytic, where there were key features to tell you you're in that category. With non-melanocytic, what you're really doing when you're looking at a lesion is just instantly making the diagnosis of a particular non-melanocytic lesion. And I'm picking three today because in the three, um, I'm picking some that have really easy to learn specific dermoscopic features, and those are pigmented basal cell, seborrheic keratosis, and angioma, because they're ones that are very high yield, you see them day in and day out, and really specific, easy learn features. So you see a few of them, and you're going to be able to pick them out right and left. 
Okay, so here's the pigmented basal cell in a cartoon to demonstrate some features to look out for. So one is ulceration, which you see clinically too a lot of times. Next is arborizing vessels, and often you can pick out a sense of vasculature or kind of telangiectasias in a basal cell clinically, but under dermoscopy, when you look at the vessels, they look like trees, right? They have this thick trunk and they have these little branches coming out of them. Then there's some pigmented areas in a pigmented basal cell. These are called spoke wheel areas that have a circular center with little spokes coming out of it. And these are called maple leaf areas because they look like maple leaves. And then a lot of times you get the color blue in a pigmented basal cell. So sometimes you get little blue-gray globules, and other times you get large blue-gray ovoid nests. So most of the time you will not get all of these features. Usually you just get a couple or even one. This cartoon shows you all of them. So now I'm going to show you some examples. So here's a clinical of a pigmented basal cell. Here it is a little bigger, so you're already getting a sense it's kind of shiny and a little bit vascular. And here it is under dermoscopy. It's a basal cell. And what do we see here? So we see a little area of ulceration, and we see a nice arborizing vessel. See how it has this thicker trunk with little branches coming off of it? And then we have some large blue-gray ovoid nests and some smaller blue-gray globules, and that's a pigmented basal cell. Here's another one clinically. Here it is under dermoscopy. See the difference, clinical and dermoscopy. Right away, there's particular structures that come jump right out at you, okay? And so we have some nice spoke wheels up here. See that center with the little spokes coming out of it? We have a nice maple leaf-like area over here. So this one, it's only giving you those two features, but that's certainly enough. And it's not actually that common in a basal cell to get these, but when you do see them, you can be very confident this is going to be a pigmented basal cell. When I see spoke wheels and maple leaves, I'm handing the patient the most surgeon's card on the way out because even before I have the biopsy, I have a very good certainty that it's going to be a basal cell. Here's another lesion under dermoscopy. We see maple leaf areas and some ulceration and a really pretty arborizing vessel over there. See, so it has a trunk and little branches coming off of it. Okay, here's another one. Clinically, you know, you probably would have caught this and, and biopsied it because it's very worrisome, but it has some nice specific features here. So we see a maple leaf area over there, and we have a nice blue-gray ovoid nest over there and some spoke wheels, a pretty spoke wheel over there. Okay, so pigmented basal cells tend to be very distinctive. Once you've seen a few and figure out what you're looking for, you're gonna catch them right away. But sometimes they mimic a melanoma, right? Because there's that blue color in both of them. They're both kind of irregular and chaotic. But that doesn't matter because whether you thought it was a basal cell or you thought it was a melanoma, either way, you were going to biopsy it. You don't get a gold star from your pathologist for guessing the right answer before the biopsy. What matters most is that you knew the lesion needed to be biopsied and you did the right thing for the patient. Okay, the next one we're going to talk about are angiomas. Only one feature to learn for this, really high yield, and it's called maroon lagoons. And the, here's your clinical image of an angioma, and it's just filled with these little vascular spaces, or lacunae, some people call it, but it's just maroon lagoons, just lakes of blood, lots and lots of lakes of blood. Nothing else to this lesion. It's real easy. Okay, hemangioma. All right. Here's the next one. It's kind of crusty looking, but when you look at it under dermoscopy, all you see here are the maroon lagoons, nothing else to this. It's just another hemangioma. Okay, how about this lesion? Looks a little bit more purple, but that's okay. Sometimes they're purple maroon lagoons. It's just another example of a hemangioma. Really specific when you see that. Okay, and the final non-melanocytic diagnosis we'll talk about are seborrheic keratoses. Obviously, very high yield. You're going to see these all the time, right? And it's, oh, it's the kind of thing patients are very concerned about, and sometimes you're not so sure if it's a seborrheic keratosis or a melanoma. But here's some features that will really help you to distinguish between the two. So there's two patterns of seborrheic keratoses that I'm going to talk about. So on the left, the cartoon shows you the ones that have this sharp demarcation with these bright white milia-like cysts and then these darker crater-like areas called comedone-like openings. So that's one pattern. And on the right is this brain-like pattern called the cerebriform pattern. So we're talking about both of these. So clinically, I know it's really obvious, but it's nice for demonstration. Here it is under dermoscopy, and we can see those milia-like cysts, bright white stars in the sky, 
and these kind of craters that are cominal-like openings, and it's very well demarcated. Nice sebria keratosis. This one's a little less obvious, right? It's kind of worrisome because it has this darker corner. You're thinking maybe it's a melanoma. Here it is a little bigger. But then you look at your dermoscopy, and we can see some nice milia-like cysts, some cominal openings, and you can decide it's a sebria keratosis. So the other pattern I want to talk about for sebria keratosis is this brain-like pattern or cerebriform, or some people think it looks like coral. Here it is clinically, and here it is under dermoscopy. It doesn't look like coral. Nothing else to it. You can learn that pattern easily. When you see coral like that or a brain-like pattern, that's a sebria keratosis right away. You give a lot of reassurance to your patient. They'll see it on your face. Okay, so now we're going to just do a bunch of mixed-up cases. Some are going to be melanocytic, some non-melanocytic, benign, malignant, everything mixed up together to review. Okay, so you know this is going to worry a patient because it's dark and it's raised, but when you look at it under dermoscopy, what do you see? Take a second. Nothing else to this lesion. It's just those maroon lagoons, a little bit blue or purpler, just a hemangioma. So you give them a lot of reassurance. How about this lesion? It's a little crusty looking, but you look under dermoscopy, and all we see here are the milia cysts and some comino openings, and it's just a sebria keratosis. Okay, how about this lesion over here? Clinically worrisome, and then you look under dermoscopy, and we can see nicely those maple leaf areas and some arborizing vessels over there. So that's just a pigmented basal cell. So obviously, you're going to biopsy that. Okay, let's look at this next lesion, clinically very worrisome. Here it is under dermoscopy. Remember, the first step is, is it melanocytic or is it non-melanocytic? Well, do we see any of those features for melanocytic, like the network, the globules, the structuralist areas? And we do see network down here. So you know you're in the melanocytic category. If you see network anywhere, you have to say you're in melanocytic. But is this a benign pattern? No, this is not one of our benign patterns. What's this funny thing off to the side, much darker island here? This whole area over here is kind of, there's nothing going on with a little sense of blue over here. Very asymmetric. It's a 0.54 millimeter melanoma. Okay, how about this large lesion on a young child? You know, the patient parents are going to be very worried about a lesion like this, very irregular looking, but then you look at it under dermoscopy, and all we see here is just globules, nothing else to it, just globules, and it's just a little, it's a large, well, medium-sized congenital nevus. Okay, how about this lesion clinically? Here it is under dermoscopy. First step, is it melanocytic? Yes, it is, because there's some network. Again, the network kind of falls apart in melanomas, which is what this turns out to be. And what I'm really worried about it is it's not a benign pattern, some funny hazy blue over here, and this is a 0.56 millimeter melanoma. Okay, so that ill-defined blue that's kind of hiding and seeping in between the network is very concerning. Okay, here's this lesion clinically. Here it is under dermoscopy. We have a sense of some network here, but over here we see peppering, and this is an in situ melanoma. Okay, so always watch out for that blue, gray, or black dots next to a scar-like area. It's called peppering, like little sprinkles of pepper. That's worrisome for regression. Okay, let's look at this lesion. It's a large one, but then you take it under dermoscopy. First step, is it melanocytic? Yes, it definitely is because we see network coming all the way around the edge, and this is just one of your benign patterns. It's just network around the edge with a light center. Yes, the network looks different here and here because remember, this is like a three-dimensional mole. This is one of those fried eggs where the network is kind of stretched out over that top, so that's why it looks stretched out over here and here. But see, it's the same thing, very symmetric on the top as on the bottom, and that's very reassuring. It's just a benign pattern. Okay, how about this lesion here clinically and under dermoscopy? All we see to this is just globules. Just globules, just a nevus. How about this one's two-toned, a little bit scaly, and then you look under dermoscopy. It's nice because it's actually demonstrating both patterns that I showed you. And on this side, we see some bright white milia cysts. And over here, we it's a little dark, but you can kind of get a sense it's that cerebriform or brain-like pattern, and it's just a sebria keratosis. Okay, how about this one? Well, this one really stumped us in the clinic. So we were worried about it. It was large. It was like nothing else on this patient. We looked at it under dermoscopy, and we saw the milia cysts, and we thought, Okay, maybe that's a sebria keratosis, but what's that funny structure over there? And there's a lot of blood vessels to it. And so we weren't sure. We were really on the fence. Was it a basal cell or was it a sebria keratosis? And so the take-home message is if you're not sure whether it's benign or malignant, you go ahead and do the biopsy, which is what we did, fortunately, because it was a basal cell. Okay. 
Okay, how about this lesion? Here it is clinically really obvious and really ugly looking. And here it is under dermoscopy. I picked it just because it has so many nice features to show you. So we see this rim of globules around the edge. But this is a totally different situation than that benign pattern of the, of the globules that go all the way around symmetrically because it's only on one side. So that gives you a sense that probably this thing's growing off in this direction. Then we have this blue dots next to a structuralist area. And so there's an interesting clinical story behind this. So this was a woman, a middle-aged woman, who had a lesion on her face, a sebria keratosis, and that's all she wanted to talk about. But the resident, fortunately, got her undressed, and this was on her abdomen. And she said, that, oh, that's nothing. That's getting better. I'm putting white vinegar on it. And it's great now because it used to have this black area here, and that fell off. And so when we look under dermoscopy, we know this is a regressing melanoma, and the patient confirmed that for us because we see that sign of regression, a structuralist area with blue off to the side of it, and it's a real ugly melanoma. So take-home message, there's a few take-home things in terms of dermoscopy, but also clinically, remember, dermoscopy, just one piece of the good clinical exam. So unless you get your patient completely undressed, it doesn't matter. If you look at every lesion on the face with a dermoscope, you really always still, doesn't replace a good clinical exam. Okay. Uh, but this one looks like it has little Mickey Mouse ears off to the side, and it's really dark, and it turns out to be a melanoma. We see some streaks over here, these two little things sticking out that are completely independent of what else is going on, and this is a melanoma. Okay, how about this one? It certainly has an irregular border to it. Here it is under dermoscopy, and we see there's nice network, so you know you're melanocytic. And, the net, and so this is just network around the edge with globules in the center. And so this is one of those examples where the network is not perfectly going all the way around the edge. Not everything's going to look like a textbook, but you can say, well, it's symmetrically the same up top and down here, and this side is the same as this side. And that gives you a good sense about this that's really conforming to a benign pattern. Okay, how about this guy? Certainly really ugly, and it's going to be useful for demonstration to show you those streaks up here and this ugly blue-white veil over here, and this was clearly a melanoma. And so this is a man who lived alone, had no idea this was on his back until he was gardening one day, and his neighbor said, what's that on your back? So I think this is sort of another message is make sure you do full skin exams on all your patients because a lot of times they don't know what's on their back. Okay. Here's another lesion we see clinically. And see, by looking at enough dermoscopy, you can start to get a sense of what you expect this to look like just when you're looking at the clinical image. So you get a sense that this one's going to have a light center with a dark edge. It's just network around the edge with a light center, another benign pattern. And that's nice and reassuring. Okay, how about this one? Here we have our clinical image. And here we have our dermoscopy. Yes, there's a lot of globules to it, but then there's some funny network down here, and there's that color blue seeping in between the rest of it, so that's worrisome, and it's a 0.62 millimeter melanoma. Uh, but this one here, right, it's dark, but then we look under dermoscopy. All we see is homogeneous blue blotch, nothing else. It's just a blue nevus. Okay, so blue is not always bad. If it's nice and uniform throughout the lesion, like in a blue nevus, then it's okay. But blue should really always catch your eye. Okay, how about this one? Clinically, you worry because it has a dark edge, and here it is bigger, and under dermoscopy, confirms your fears. First step, you know it's melanocytic because we see network over here, but this one corner is much darker, different from what's going on in the rest of the lesion, and it's a melanoma in situ. So peripheral darker areas are worrisome. How about this lesion clinically? And we know this pattern now. You look at it, and instantly you can say, I know that pattern. It's just a cerebriform pattern. It's a sebria keratosis. Okay, how about this one? We're getting towards the end. So first step, yes, it's melanocytic because we see network, but the network is not symmetric, not going all the way around, not conforming to any benign pattern. It's got this much darker area over here, and it's a spitzoid melanoma. Okay. And so this is the last case we're going to do. And so this is a woman I saw last year with kind of a type 4 skin, and she came in with this lesion on her arm. And I looked at it, and I said, I really have no idea what that is on your arm. So I looked with dermoscopy, and I said, I still have no idea what this is. I didn't know if it was a growth. I didn't know if it was something inflammatory, because this is not a pattern that we talked about or a pattern of really anything else. So remember, go always go back to that point in your algorithm. If you're not sure if it's melanocytic, not sure if it's non-melanocytic, don't 
don't know what you're looking at, you always have to take a step back and say, I don't know what this is. You have to assume the worst case scenario that it might be something malignant and go ahead and do the biopsy, which is what I did. And this did turn out to be a 0.7 millimeter melanoma. So if you're not sure, still for safety's sake, do the biopsy. Okay. So now we're gonna finish up by talking about dermoscopy on special sites the face and then the hands and feet. The face, I think, is a little harder than the rest of the body, but then we'll finish on an easy note, the hands and feet, which is easier than the rest of the body. So same rule goes for this. If you can learn some common benign patterns, you can save unnecessary biopsies, and if you can learn some distinctive malignant patterns, you can catch early melanomas. Okay, so we need to learn different dermoscopy rules for these special sites because histologically, the anatomy is different, so the dermoscopy patterns are gonna be different. You may be saying, I learned enough, I'm done, I don't wanna learn any more rules. But I would argue it's worth learning a few more rules for these special sites because these are areas you really don't want to have to do an unnecessary biopsy. You don't want to have to biopsy this large lesion right smack in the middle of someone's face or this large lesion on the bottom of a seven-year-old's foot. You know, biopsies there are not something you want to do if you don't have to. So an extra tool like dermoscopy can really come in handy. And these are both benign lesions that clinically would be worrisome otherwise. But the dermoscopy can set you straight. And certainly don't want to miss a melanoma either in any of those locations. Okay, so we're going to do now dermoscopy of the face. And here we're talking about how do you diagnose lentico maligna. And some of these images come from Ashmar Goob. So I find lentico maligna to be a really challenging lesion because it is not always obvious. There's a lot of overlap with benign lesions like solar lentico, pigmented actinic keratosis. Looks, they can really look like each other. And it makes you feel like you have to do a biopsy to be able to tell what you're looking at. But then you don't want to do a biopsy because it's in a cosmetically sensitive area. So this is where the dermoscope can sometimes take you that next step to give you the diagnosis. So we're going to play the game, which is the lentico maligna? So do you think it's the one on the left or do you think it's the one on the right? So now I'm going to show you the dermoscopy and I'm going to go over what we're looking at in a second. But if you already know dermoscopy, there's a particular pattern here, and it has to do with the way the pigment is coming around hair follicles to tell you that this lesion, even though it's little, is actually the melanoma, and that's the one that needs a biopsy, and that one is actually benign. Okay, so here's your algorithm for the face. You start with the lesion of concern. First step is look for a melanoma-specific feature. We're going to talk about what those are. If you see it, you're done. You biopsy. If you don't see, your second step is look for a specific feature to give you another diagnosis other than melanoma. So whatever it might be. We talked about three already today. Sebria keratosis, basal cell, angioma. That's just three. But that's three that you now can pretty feel pretty comfortable recognizing. And then fortunately, they look the same on the face as they do on the rest of the body. Okay, now if you're not sure, don't know if it's melanoma, don't know if it's something else, not sure, for safety's sake, just like on the rest of the body, assume the worst case scenario might be a melanoma and go ahead and treat it that way. Okay, now we're gonna talk about some melanoma-specific features for the face. So the thing to remember with lentico maligna is the way to remember, because there's four features to look for, what they have in common has to do with pigmentation around hair follicles. And that's because histologically, lentico maligna, you have melanocytes that track down hair follicles. So that gives you the following patterns we're gonna talk about. So here they are in these four cartoons. The first are gray dots around hair follicles. There's that color gray again. Next are asymmetric follicular openings, or these semicircles, and they're darker on one side than on the other. Next are rhomboidal structures, or these kind of linear geometric shapes around hair follicles. And the fourth are homogeneous areas, or blotches, around hair follicles. Okay, so we're going to take them one by one. We'll start with the dots. So, and this is really one of the more common ones you're going to see in lentico maligna. And these are these aggregated dots around hair follicles. And we see them over here, and we see them over here. They're like rings of dots around hair follicles. That's why it's called the annular granular pattern. So here's another lesion on the cheek. It's worrisome. And just chock full of these rings of dots around hair follicles, kind of a slate gray look. Okay, next are the asymmetric follicular openings. These are really semicircles of pigment. So they're darker on one side than on the other, darker on one side than on the other. Here's a lesion on the chin, and here it is under dermoscopy, and we see, look how it's a semicircle, darker on one side than on the other. Over here, we have a little group of dots, so it's like a bonus clue to tell you this is the melanoma. Okay, the third are rhomboidal structures. Rhomboids are just four-sided geometric shapes. Just think of lines. Lines making streaky, streaky pigmented lines around hair follicles. 
So here we have this lesion, and it has these nice rhomboidal structures. We see some more down here. Okay, here's a lesion on the cheek, and I think clinically it should catch your eye because there's nothing else like this on this woman's face. So clinically it's gonna worry you, and then here it is under dermoscopy, and we see them up top over there, rhomboidal structures. And sometimes you don't get a full four-sided rhomboid. Instead, you just get these wavy, angulated lines or incomplete rhomboidal structures. So if you see those linear pigment around hair follicles, that's worrisome. Okay, and the fourth and final one to look for on the face are these blotches or homogenous areas. And in some places it looks like there's hair follicles peeking through. In other areas, it just obliterates them all together. Blotches. Okay, so here we see this real ugly blotch with some little hair follicles peeking through on the bottom. So here's a lesion from the nose, and we see brown blotch with some little hair follicles peeking through. But in this case, we have a big, ugly, blue-white veil. There it is from the rest of the talk. You can have a blue-white veil on the face, and it's just as bad. And this is a melanoma with a big, ugly blotch right over the hair follicles. Here's a lesion on the forehead. There's that color blue that should clinically catch your eye. And here it is under dermoscopy, an ugly blue-white over there on the top. Some big blotches, and that's very worrisome. Okay, now if you're lucky, you can get multiple features in one lesion to give you more clues. Um, the, you can get the dots, the, eight, the semicircles, the lines, the blotches, and here they are, and we're gonna see them in this lesion. So here's a pretty ugly lesion on this woman's nose, and she brings me a photograph of what it looked like a few years before. And so at this point in time, it's certainly not that worrisome, but certainly the fact that it's changed from this to this is very worrisome. These tend to be really slow-growing lesions. So a lot of times patients will say lent, uh, that a lentigo malignant has been on their face for years or even decades. They'll say, how could that be something you're worried about, doc, that's been there forever. So, but if you still see those features, that kind of trumps what you're getting on the history. Here it is a little bigger, and here it is under dermoscopy, and so we see a little group of dots over there, we see a semicircle over there, and we see um, some rhomboids over there, and a little mini blotch over there. So if you get all four features, terrific, it's easy, but some, most of the time you don't. Some, occasionally you get three or two, but even if you see one feature, that's a reason to be worried for a lentigo maligna, and you can treat it that way. Okay, so here they are again, just summary one more time. The dots, the asymmetric follicular openings, the rhomboidal structures, and the homogenous areas. So that's it for lentigo maligna. Okay, so if you think that you see lentigo, so if you see any of those features, that's your answer, it's a melanoma. If you don't see the, one of those four features, next step, look for a specific feature to give you an alternate diagnosis. And we talked about three which you could use, sebriokeratosis, basal cell, angioma, a nevus that's been on the patient's face for their whole life. So if you have that answer, that's your diagnosis and that's how you're gonna proceed. If you're not sure, don't know if it's a melanoma, don't know if it's something else, for safety's sake, assume the worst case scenario and treat it like it might be something malignant and that's how you treat it. Okay, so we're gonna finish up now with a really straightforward use of dermoscopy, which is on the hands and feet. Areas you really don't wanna to have to do an unnecessary biopsy, certainly not on a kid like that. Okay, so there's three basic benign patterns and one basic malignant one. So the benign patterns are parallel furrow, lattice-like, and fibrillar, and the most important, I think if you take home nothing else from my lecture, learn this one. The parallel ridge pattern is worrisome for an acral melanoma. So in this case, we're seeing pigment in the ridges of the skin on the hands or feet. And and so this is the pattern here, parallel ridge. So you have to be able to tell the difference between whether pigment is in the ridge or pigment is in the furrow to be able to tell whether something's benign or malignant. So on our hands and feet, we have fingerprints, right? The skin goes up and down into ridges and furrows. And so the ridges are the thick lines, and they have little dots on them. Those are the openings of the sweat glands. And the furrows are the thin lines. And sometimes clinically, you could tell right away. But sometimes it's not so, they're not so different in terms of thickness and thinness. And so this is a trick that was published a couple years ago. Um, and what you do is you take dry erase marker and write on the skin, and the ink will go right into the furrows. And it will also highlight the dots, the openings of the sweat gland. So the furrows will be the thin lines that have the ink in them, and the ridges will be the thick ones without the ink, except in the little dots here. So that's how you tell the difference between furrows and ridges, which is really key to decide whether your pigment is telling you it's a melanoma or it's something benign. So beware this parallel ridge pattern. So first you have to be able to tell which is the furrows and which is the ridges, but then you have to remember 
remember which one was the fine line and which one was the thick line. And so a friend of mine taught me this mnemonic, which I think is great, because it goes, furrows are fine and ridges are risky. So furrows are fine, they're the fine lines. And also it helps you remind you that they're the benign ones, they're fine, right? So furrows, here's our parallel furrow pattern, that's good. And this is the parallel ridge, that's bad, worrisome, risky for melanoma. Okay, so here we see nicely illustrating that parallel ridge pattern in a melanoma. We see those thick brown lines there with the white dots. That tells you for sure you're in the ridges, and that's parallel ridge. And I know you're looking at the clinical image saying, I didn't need a dermoscope to tell me that was a melanoma. But how about a lesion like this, which is a lot more subtle clinically, but when we look at it under dermoscopy, we see the parallel ridge pattern. You know the pigments in the ridges because of these white dots here, and this is a melanoma in situ on the foot. Okay, so we're going to finish off with three basic benign acral patterns, parallel furrow, lattice-like, and fibrillar, and they're really straightforward. So this is the parallel furrow, just the opposite of the ridge. Those fine lines, you're fine. Next is lattice-like, and that's really just a variant of parallel furrow with some perpendicular lines coming across it, so it looks like a lattice, also benign. And the third is just this fibrillar pattern, really common to see this. These lines are coming tangentially across the skin. It's not really in the furrows or in the ridges, but just this tangential pattern called fibrillar. So if you see one of those three, you're in good shape. So here's your algorithm for kind of putting the whole thing together. So you have a new acral lesion that you're worried about. First and foremost, look for the parallel ridge pattern. If you see it, go ahead and do the biopsy because that is very worrisome for melanoma. If it's not a parallel ridge pattern, next step is measure it. If it's seven millimeters or less, you're probably okay and you can just watch that really closely. If it's more than seven millimeters, next step is look for one of those benign patterns. The parallel furrow, the lattice-like, the fibrillar. If you see those, also you're probably in good shape and can just watch it. Now, if it's more than seven millimeters, even if you didn't see the parallel ridge pattern, if you also can't recognize it as one of those benign patterns, then you still have to worry. If you're not sure if it's malignant, not sure if it's benign, for safety's sake, have to biopsy it to make sure it's just not a melanoma that you're not recognizing. And that kind of sums up really an important theme that came across all parts of the body, which is if a pattern is not clearly malignant, but also not clearly benign, have to assume for safety's sake that it might just be a melanoma. Remember, dermoscopy is an additional tool to give you more information about a lesion to aid but not replace your better clinical judgment. So this is just a real introductory kind of lecture. If you're interested in using dermoscopy, I would urge you to consider taking a formal course or courses. They're all over the country, um, and, and there's some really good courses out there. So the more you learn about it, the better you're going to get. I recommend starting with a dermoscope that fits in your pocket because then you're actually going to use it and practice it. In the beginning, remember, it's not going to, it's not safe to use dermoscopy if you're just starting out to make your decisions. Still go with the same clinical intuition that you've been using has been working for you so far. Once you've made that decision to go ahead and do the biopsy, then take out the dermoscope. Jot down what you see, and then when you get your answer, go back and kind of make a correlation. And that's gonna help you to learn as you practice. Um, start with a couple patterns that you feel comfortable, get really good at those few patterns, and then gradually incorporate more and more patterns into what you can recognize. So the more you practice it, the better you'll get, and really the more fun it is. Thank you.